All right, we are here. I am with Curbside Jones, and this is the seventh episode of On That Note. We're out here in Buda, Texas. Buda, Texas. Um, just, I don't even know, are we south of Austin, west of Austin? Yeah, it's like south as you can get. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's a really talented um, hip hop artist, uh, along with being a, a, a cool lyricist. He also does all of his own mixing, producing, sampling, all that stuff. Um, and I wanted to break down one of his songs that I found on the internet that I really liked called One For Simo. Um, the song starts off with that like really interesting um, vocal line mm -hmm. with kind of those strange drums. It's really real. One, two, one, two. Hey, yo, pick up the phone, man. <clears throat> yo. A generation is... Where is that sampled from? Where did you find that? And why, how did you choose it? Um, I don't remember the name of the group. I can pull it up whenever mm. computer boots up, but um, I actually made that beat for a beat tape. Okay. And I made it on the beat tape. I put it. I made it with the artist MF Doom in mind. Okay. So I made it, and then I ended up taking a common acapella and taking a Doom acapella and putting it together. And then it sounded really good, and I was like, man, I want to rap on this. Um, so I ended up rapping on it and putting it on there, and I was like, well, it's my own beat. I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, the reason why I chose that one was because the inspiration behind the voicemail blues, the whole entire EP, was mm -hmm. Mad Lib. Okay. So it's finding something that sounded Mad Lib-esque, so it was like jazzy, it had a lot of different parts where I could string it together to make it sound like a, a loop when it was just a bunch of different parts. Yeah. Um, and then is that is that baseline that's happening underneath that? Is that from the same song? Yes, filter. Okay. Yeah, filtered the baseline on that. Um, I didn't add any kicks or anything. However, when it transitions into the second part where Dexter Fizz starts rapping, yeah. that's from a completely different uh, song. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, really? Okay. Yeah, actually, splice that and then another song in between. So when the keys come in, that's a sample from a different song. Okay, I was gonna. I, we'll get to that because that outro is really interesting. Um, and I, I like that the transition you're specifically mentioning there. And what is the appeal? I mean, what was like the reason behind like I really wanted that type of vibe for this song? Was it like a thematic thing, or was it just like I like this style, so I'm gonna try and 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 it was both. It was both. Okay. Yeah, because uh, voicemail blues um, is um, supposed. Well, the whole Milky Chronicles mm -hmm. uh, was inspired by Adventure Time. Okay. Um, and while making it, I wanted the music to reflect Adventure Time. I wanted it to sound bright when you need to sound bright, have the dark tones when you need to have the dark tones, but still have enough energy and stuff to um, keep people interested. Um, so a lot of my ideas came from like, oh, well, Adventure Time has this catchy part here, or it has this, or it has this really random whatever here, let me try to incorporate that in the music as well. Nice. Um, I mean, that feel, I, I definitely get the uh, the Adventure Time vibe from it too. Uh, like SEMO as in like a BMO reference mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that was great. You, I mean, I listened to the, the soloed vocal sample that you also had on your band camp. Okay. Um, and there's so many vocal layers and vocal effects. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm curious how you go about arranging those and deciding where to, um, where to double, or I don't, I'm assuming there's more than even double tracks on there. Um, and there's some of them are just drenched in reverb. Some of them are affected to sound kind of like a voice through a phone. Like mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you go about arranging the vocals in that way? Um, so 
with that, it's kind of like when I record, it's usually I have my main vocal track. Mm -hmm. And then after my main vocal track, I'll do um, three sets of ad-libs. So I'll have one pan to the left, one pan to the right, and then I'll have one dead center. Okay. And the one that's dead center is the one that I'll put the effects on. Okay. Um, so it doesn't um, like overpower the main vocal because I can always control, you know, the levels. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the like choosing how much reverb, how much this and that, that just goes with um, pretty much just what I want for the track. Okay. So the mood of the track, do I want this one part to like stand out the most to listeners or do I just want it to be subtle or do I want my main vocal to have that extra reverb and then just the ad-libs kind of just be there to take up the space. Okay. Um, so that's something that I've been experimenting with in engineering is taking up this, how, how to take up space without making it sound too crowded. Mm -hmm. So when you hear like all the layers and stuff like that, that's what that is. I tend to record one time, record it all. I won't listen to the song for about a week or two. I'll come back, I'll play it, and then I'm like, all right, I should add this one piece here. Or you know what, this doesn't even make sense. Let me take out this because it's adding too much to this one area that I want people to focus on just this one main part. So it's a lot of coming back, subtracting, or coming back and adding. Okay, awesome. And um, I, I mean, I think you did a really good job of like, it, 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 there's a lot of elements, but it doesn't feel like it gets um, cluttered. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels like it's uh, impactful, mm -hmm. the word I would use. Um, so that's really cool that, that, that that's the process that you go through to, to achieve that. Um, and I think it was definitely really effective. Um, and then lyrically, uh, there's some moments that are great. I think my favorite one, and th that one, it, it was really significant, I thought was the, uh, if home is where the heart is, um, then we went from bandos to mansions and there's still room for expansion. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? And like, um, I mean, it's just, it's very poetic and while still being like kind of braggadocious mm -hmm. and, and like, how did that come about? Um, so that came about because, um, me and my friends always talk about Austin hip hop. We always talk about, um, the idea of being a hometown hero versus being international worldwide mm -hmm. you know yeah um so that's why in the track um i mentioned like you know this is bigger than downtown mm -hmm. and that's why i say home is where the heart is we went from bandos to mansion so it's like austin artists are saying keep it local but in the grand scheme of this this is all bigger than just downtown austin this mm -hmm. is bigger than the venues this is bigger than everything like we're trying to travel we're trying to see the world we're trying to see different things so when i say home is where the heart is like you know that could be anywhere and me like being you know military child i've traveled around mm -hmm. a lot so i've seen a lot of different places i've lived in a lot of different places so um my home is everywhere mm -hmm. so and it also is like a a mental state as well um so if you're always shrouded in negativity if you're always thinking um about the worst possible outcome then yeah you you're in that low you're in that bando you're in that trap house like you're mm -hmm. not going to get out of that like if you always have a hood mentality that's just where you're going to be um so we went like me personally going from having negative state of mind you know wanting to just be in one area wanting like thinking like this is the best that it's going to get um, I was there 
But until I started branching out, thinking more positively, trying to see the world, trying to learn more about myself, then we upgraded to the mansion because now it's like, yo, we got we got space to breathe. We got space to live. Like, I don't have to like I'm comfortable now. So when I say there's room for expansion, it's like, yo, we could take it up a notch. You know what I mean? Like now that I'm here, I can take my friends here or now that I'm here, I can take my family here. Um, and it's just more so like on a mental, mental plane of things. Yeah. I, I, one of the things, one of my favorite things about, I mean, such a, I mean, that's a great lyric and just hearing like, a, you know, three or four minute explanation of like mm-hmm. one line. That's one of the things I love about hip hop. Um, yeah. So then talking about the, um, the, the one other lyric too, that caught my eye and I saw something about, um, I think it was like on an album description, um, or something where you were talking about, uh, you had, had thought about not making music or not continuing to make music at some point. And then, so the hook on that song where you say, uh, like I lost my way and I'm, I just found my light. Is that a reference to that or no? Yeah. So all hung up <clears throat> was inspired by, uh, an adventure time song, uh, called all gummed up okay. inside, mm-hmm. um, about Finn. He found out that princess Bubblegum didn't like him the way that he liked her. Mm-hmm. So he was like in this place where he's like curled up on the floor and he's like had a piece of her hair and he's like looking <laughs> at a picture and like uh, BMO was trying to cheer him up and was like, hey, let's play some video games, you know, whatever. And Jake was trying to figure, uh, like help him out. And he started singing and he was like, you know, the hook was like, I'm all gummed up inside. I'm all, and I was like, and it stuck in my head for a long time, and I could relate because it's like, yo, I've been in that place where it's like your friends are trying to cheer you up, everybody's trying to like, you know, contact you, get you out the house, but like you're just in such a rut that you just don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. Um. So all hung up is that it's me at my low point where mm-hmm. it's like I wanted to quit music, like I had like a breakdown over it and stuff because I've been making music for a while and I couldn't find that joy again in making music Mm -hmm. um so there were times where my friends wanted to hang out there were times where like i just wasn't returning texts or calls and um so that song was just like apologizing to people and saying like sorry i couldn't you know come to the phone right now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like and it's just letting people know like this is what's going on with me and you know when i figure out what's going on with myself then I'll come back and then we can, you know, talk and whatever. And on the other side, one for SEMO is me figuring it out okay. and me calling everyone else back. Um, so they, they're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, one is me at my low. And that's why that one is kind of like more slow pace. It's not as um, intent well not intense but as like uh, hype as one for SEMO whereas one for SEMO is kind of faster paced it's more braggadocious it's more this and that because like I figured it out mm-hmm. and now I'm in a good space and now I can you know call people back or now I can be with people and now I can do all these things because there's no there's nothing holding me down that's awesome um, and then getting to the outro section um, great baseline I love that baseline that you sampled there. Traveling on the 925 flight, POM 1223 to Rome. You, I mean, on a couple of your songs that I was listening to, it seems like they have, like, very distinct 
outro sections that could almost be a different song. Mm -hmm. um, why is that some sort of motif that you've kind of, um, like how did you develop that kind of motif? I just have a short attention span. So <laughs> I make beats and then I'm like, all right, cool. Like I don't like for my beats to exceed, like the main beat exceed more than three minutes. Okay. I don't know why I just don't like it because then it, to me it starts to sound repetitive even though I do add a lot of different elements mm -hmm. in my beat yeah. to stop it from being repetitive. But I'll sit back and listen to it and I'm like, man, this sounds real good. I want to add this. I want to add this. I want to add this. And then like my wife would be like, well, it sounds good the way it is. Mm -hmm. Like just leave it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. And then I'll come back to it. I'm like, but what if I add this one part? <laughs> and then I do this. And then my way of counteracting that is just making the song shorter and then adding another beat. Okay. So that way I don't ruin the first track by adding too much. Mm -hmm. And then I can just have this separate thing where it's like, all right, I can do all the things I want to do on this one and it won't interfere with that. Um, and it also helps challenge me as far as um, understanding how to bridge songs together and how to make something that is cohesive. Because you can't have like, I mean you can, but you don't want to have like, you know, a one for SEMO type track and then the next track be, well the track that, you know, joins with it be like a trap beat. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of throws off the mood because you're like, wow, we went from here and then we went up here. So trying to figure out how to keep them all in the same lane, mm -hmm. but still make it different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, part of the attention span and then wanting to challenge myself. Awesome. Um, and then dealing with the music of that, um, the outro, it has, I mean, that bass line that you sample for the first half that comes in under like the flight voice talking mm -hmm. about Rome um, is pretty clearly outlining a C minor nine chord. And then the first chord that comes in of that like softer piano part mm -hmm. is a C minor nine chord. I don't know how much experience you have with um, zero. Okay, <laughs> so that was just a total fluke, or yeah. like just I mean, obviously not a fluke, but like uh, that was all your your ear leading you there. Yeah, I can open that. That was not. Um, That's wild. Yeah, that was not a that was not intentional. Um. <laughs> That's cool, man. That's really cool because yeah, it ends on a C note, and then that C chord just comes right in. I think it's more so part. with ear, like I tried taking mm -hmm. piano classes, um, which I'm going to get back into eventually. Mm -hmm. um, and I played, you know, the instructor some of my music. He's like, yo, let me, because he was like, well, you don't want to be a pianist per se. You just want to make the type of stuff that you sample. Yeah. And I was like, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. I don't really care about, you know, trying to be, play, like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to be doing all that stuff. So he was like, cool, just let me hear what you got, and um, we can go from there. So yeah, this is, so the part you're talking about is right here. Make sure this is on there. That was what was that? Was, um, uh. Yeah, so that's what that was. It was these right here. Nice. Yeah, like I said, I pulled that from a totally different, different song. Yeah, that was from a totally different song by a totally different artist. That's cool. Um, that's wild. Um, uh, and then uh, 
the conversations with Dexter Fizz, did you like, do you, have, do you, when you're collaborating with somebody, do you tell them like, here's the vibe of the song, so kind of write something in that vein, or do you just send them like, here's my part, do, do with it what you will, or is there a conversation about theme at all? The conversation about theme is definitely there. I'm like, hey man, because he's also been to Japan as well. Okay. Um, he's actually, in, he was one of the inspirations that inspired me even more to want to go because, mm-hmm. you know, he got there based like on his music. Yeah. So it was like, hey, dude, like he was on Twitter and was like, yeah, man, I'm going to Japan. And I was like, what? I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, I'm going on tour in Japan. And I was like, Damn. What? I'm like, how? What? And he's like, yeah, man, I've been working with this Japanese producer and like he got some shows booked, so we're flying out and we're going to be doing like a couple shows here and there throughout, you know, a couple cities. And I was like, what better person to get on this track besides, you know, someone who has been there before? Mm-hmm. So all the stuff I'm talking about, they understand. Like they've traveled, they've seen things, so they know. You know what mind frame I'm in so I didn't really have to say too much with him um, I was just like yo man so the whole point is like calling Simo and I explained the whole Simo thing I explained the whole like you know this is just the opposite of all hung up like I just need you to talk about leaving home and you know finding yourself whatever whatever mm-hmm. so of course he has enough life experience to get on there and do that mm-hmm. um, I sent him my parts first but his verse was actually on the first part of the beat. Okay. So that second part, all of that, I made around, around his verse. Okay. Yeah. So all of he recorded on there, and like I said, the whole attention span thing. And I was like, man, I was like, it sounds good. I was like, it sounds really good, but I want to compliment his voice a little more. Okay. Um, because his voice is. What I what I would say is like a mix of like it's like if Dom Kennedy was like really good. <laughs> that reference is straight over my head. Okay, but, but, well, Dom Kennedy has like this like laid back like very relaxed like wow. style, mm-hmm. and it has like that West Coast twang to it, okay. and that's what kind of gives it the appeal. And for whatever reason, Dexter Fizz is from the DMV, but his vocal cadence and his tone sounds like a west coast tone mm-hmm. so i was like yo it sounds good on this first part but what if i give him the second part and build something that has more of like a west coast vibe more of like the idea of like what it sounded like in my head was like somebody driving down you know the coast the in coast. a convertible yeah with those chords i can hear that Absolutely. yeah and i was like yeah. it sounds like that and i want him to be sitting in that lane to add more texture to the track um, so yeah, he didn't know that I was going to do that. Mm-hmm. I just did it. And then I emailed him. I was like, Hey bro, what do you think about this? And he was like, yo, that's crazy. And I was like, all right, cool. That's all I need to know. So mm-hmm. I kept it. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then some of the questions, I, I got two questions I usually ask to all the people I, I talk to. And yeah. um, one of them is like, I'm always really fascinated as a music teacher about the process of your music education. I know a lot of like academic musicians, mm-hmm. but since you're someone who probably learned a lot by experimenting and building, like, what was your education process like, and how did you learn? Um, so I started out making beats on, of course, on the computer mm-hmm. um, with a program called Magix Pro. I don't okay. know if you've ever heard I of have that. Heard of it, yeah. Okay, it's terrible. <laughs> um, so I had that, and I went out and asked my mom for a microphone. She got me like this twenty-dollar microphone from Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And I started recording with that. Yeah. And over um, 
industry instrumentals like Eminem instrumentals, mm-hmm. Jay Z, all that. So I did that stuff. So there came a time where I want to say it was late registration came out, mm-hmm. and I heard late registration, and, and I was already a Kanye fan before that. But I heard late registration, I was like, "Yo, I want, I need to make my own beats. Mm-hmm. Like I need Kanye to notice me. I want to, yeah. I, mean, I need to be on on Rockefeller. Like it needs to be a thing." So mm-hmm. I started trying to learn how to make beats in Magic's. Magic's was very limited in mm-hmm. what you could do, but for me, not knowing anything, it was great. So um, I ended up getting a MIDI keyboard and started trying to like play things. Mm-hmm. Um, and how old are you about this time? I was six. 16, I want to say 16. Yeah, I was 16. I was either 15 or 16. I think late registration came out around that time So I was you know messing around with that It didn't feel right and then I was like yo like Kanye isn't doing this like he's sampling Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand really the concept of sampling because YouTube wasn't at its you know where it's at now So I was like I don't get it, but I think I just take a song I cut a piece I drop it here and then I put drums under it. Mm-hmm. And that's all I really knew. So I would go in in Magix, I would highlight pieces of the song and then I would drag it and then I would do that. And then I ended up getting um, Sony Acid. Okay. Ended up getting that. And then that's when I really started experimenting with sampling and everything was by hand. So I would go in, highlight, do this, mm-hmm. do this, do this, do that. And I got pretty decent at it. Um, I started recording in that as well. I got a better mic and everything. And then I was like, something is missing because this doesn't feel this. This doesn't feel like what the professionals uh-huh. do. And I was like, what am I doing that Kanye? What am I doing that Kanye isn't doing? And what is Kanye doing that I'm not doing? So got on YouTube and there was a point in time where Jay-Z, when he did the Black Album, he did mm-hmm. a documentary. And he was in the studio with like Pharrell. He showed clips of him being in the studio with Kanye. Showed him uh, clips of being in the studio with um, Timbaland. Mm-hmm. And the one prominent thing was everyone had a piece of hardware that they were sampling through. Mm-hmm. So everyone had an MPC. Yep. And I was like, well, how do I get an MPC? Mm-hmm. So I was getting um, a magazine called Musicians Friends mm-hmm. magazine. I had yep. signed up. I was getting the subscription. And they had a Roland SP-606, which I still have to mm-hmm. this day. Uh, Ancient technology. Got dust all yeah. over it. <laughs> yeah, so I ended up getting this 606. I begged my parents for Christmas. I was like 17. I was like, yo, that's all I want. Yeah. Just give me this. I'm not going to ask for anything else. I just want to make music. So they were like, whatever. I mean, as long as it keeps you out of trouble here. Yeah. So they ended up buying me the 606. And at the time... Um, YouTube had progressed a little bit, so I was able to go on and find tutorials on like everything, but most of what I learned was from the manual. Okay. So like reading the manual, understanding like how to go in and, cause in here you can, um, like say if you had a record player, you could connect the record player through your audio inputs and then you can record straight from your record player in here. Yeah. And then you can go in and do all the chopping in here. Okay. Um, Again, I was limited by technology because this is 512 megabytes. Ooh, yeah. So <laughs> I would go in and I would take the drum kits I had that I was using online. Uh-huh. I would put some of my favorite drums on here. Uh-huh. I would go in and find, like I would have to chop like maybe 15 to 30 seconds of a song mm-hmm. that I really like. Take that section. 
I would um, put it in here and then I would go in and I would manually do all the chopping and everything okay. like that. Um, and then I would lay the drums on top of it and everything. But the issue was I didn't know how to get the beats from here to the computer. Mm -hmm. I was missing the interface. I was missing all that stuff because I was just doing straight, you know, on yeah. here. But this taught me how to play samples. It taught me about following BPMs. Mm -hmm. It taught me about, at the time I didn't know, but it taught me about swing mm -hmm. because on here it doesn't quantize. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there's an option somewhere, mm -hmm. but I don't know how to quantize on here. So mm -hmm. I was making beats without quantizing um, and I would go in and I would manually find the pieces that were a little off and I would turn them to make them on, turn them to make them on, turn them to make them everything on beat to hit. Interesting. Um, because back then, the type of music I was listening to, everything was so cut like bam, yeah. bam, 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 bam. Um, so after this, I stopped using this because I couldn't get the beats off. So I was like, well, this is pointless. And then I started working in FL. Mm -hmm. And in FL, I, w I had so much more that I felt like I could do. Like I wasn't limited to just, cause on here it's only four tracks. Yeah. So I have my drums and my snare on one track. I have my hi-hat on one track. I'll have my sample on one track. And then if I wanted any other percussion, I have to go on this last track. Yeah. And that was all I could do. Cause I couldn't track it out and then bring it back and all mm -hmm. that. So um, FL, I was like, yo, I got infinite possibilities. Yo, I'm about to go ham on this. So. That's when I really got into like sampling and I was doing the same thing I was doing in Magic's, highlighting. Okay. And cutting, yes. And then I would place it in the, um, I would place it here. So I place it all in my sample track. So there would be one sample track and I would like highlight and I would just click in all the squares. And then I would have the sample play like that and then the drums, I would do the same thing. I would click, click, click from my drums. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how I produced my first uh, project was Endless Waltz, um, Gundam theme. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that and it was good, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted. So I kept at it. And then that was my style for a while until I ended up getting the MPD. Okay. And the MPD was like coming back home because it was like the 606, mm -hmm. except I don't have any limitations. Because it communicates. Because it communicates with FL. Um, I have a Korg Micro Mini XL, so I've been trying to learn that. Um, I have a MIDI keyboard I do things on. So here and there I've been trying to learn how to not sample. Um, but like, you know, I need to be in a classroom setting. Mm -hmm. Or like with one-on-one -on -one with someone so they can tell me the why this is right. Yeah. Why this doesn't sound too, you know, sound mm -hmm. right. Because everything I've been doing thus far has just been by ear. Yeah. The last question I would have is like, what do you feel like music has given you or like, how has it helped you um, in like a very broad philosophical sense? Um, <laughs> um, well, being an only child, I spend a lot of time to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so Especially you have- moving a lot too. Yeah, right? moving a lot and stuff. So you have a lot of ideas, you have a lot of emotions, you have a lot of things that you want to say, but people aren't around to hear it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dang man, like, I want to tell somebody this really cool thing, but nobody's home, so I'll just keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the reasons why I got into making music was to express how I was feeling. Um, so once I was able to understand that I could use this as an outlet, there were people who listened to my music that actually 
were they were getting things from it mm-hmm. and it didn't start until I mean it started like maybe like in 2011 there were people that were like yo man like I, this project like I, I really feel it blah 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 and then but now it's to the point where I'll have people like DM me on you know Twitter and they'll be like yo man I was ready to quit music I was ready to stop doing all this but seeing how hard you're working knowing you know and I know that you get tired I understand mm-hmm. that you wanted to quit yourself but you're still going and you're still like staying true to who you are that makes me want to keep going um and then having people like hear like the one for CMOs or hear the all hung up and be like yo man like I was in that same place like I you know I wasn't leaving the house I wasn't hanging out with people like I couldn't I couldn't you know connect the dots on what it was I was missing from my life but after hearing that, I know I'm not alone mm-hmm. in that. Um, so now what music is giving me, it went from wanting to express myself to now expressing myself, but wanting to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's the most important thing that we can do as musicians, because we, you know, music, universal language. Mm-hmm. You can go to a... You can go to a club in Japan and you can play Jay Dilla, you know, and people are going to move the same way they would move here. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to a club in Germany and play Busta Rhymes, you know, Break Your Neck. They're going to get hyped the same way we get hyped. So it's like there's no boundaries to any of this. So now I'm just trying to inspire people with what I do um, because... The music that I listened to, or I grew up listening to, was people that were inspiring me. Like, opening line in One for Simos, a generation inspired by Pharrell saying, mm-hmm. you can do it too. And that whole thing, like, listening to Pharrell's first album, and being like, yo, Pharrell's so cool, man. He's, you know, he's doing this. He's, like, out in Japan. He's doing all these things that I want to grow up and do. Like, I want to own BBC. Like, I want to go to mm-hmm. Bape. I want to do all these things. And, you know, years Later, I find myself in Bape in Harajuku mm-hmm. wearing BBC, and I'm like, "This is it, damn!" Yeah. Like you know, the thing that Pharrell talked about, I did, and now I understand him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I get why he enjoys this culture. I get why he enjoys the subtle flexes that he does do. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, it's like I want people to have that same experience too so i rap about it hoping that you'll get up and you'll do it and i've actually had people say yo man like i listened to your projects whatever i've seen your pictures you posted from japan i bought my plane ticket and i'm going next year Mm -hmm. and it's like that's crazy and he was like you gave me that extra push because seeing how you can do it like i believe that i can do the same thing like there's no reason why i can't do it Mm -hmm. so yeah that's where i'm at now with music is trying to inspire people and give them a piece of me that either they can agree with or disagree with because it's not really i feel like as artists it's not our job to tell a listener how to feel mm-hmm. we can only give them the feelings we have and then they can either agree or disagree with our narrative um regardless of whether you agree or disagree i'm still doing my job mm-hmm. if you feel nothing then i'm not doing my job got it that's awesome and uh, yeah, I can definitely say it was uh, it was inspirational for me to to sit down and break down your tracks and and kind of explore what you were uh, saying and doing. 
Um, anything you got to plug? Any shows coming up? Any? Um, I mean, I know is the Milk Tea Chronicles. Is there a part three coming at some point? Or oh, uh, well, like the Milk Tea Chronicles will. The newest one will be Milk Tea Chronicles. It'll be the finale. Okay. Um, and that one will be like sometime yeah. next year. <laughs> um, I am working on a new book. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I put out a book last year. Uh, it's a little small one, mm-hmm. coffee table, you know, book, and it has you know photos from that I took, you know, in Japan and stuff like that. Um, so I'm working on a new one of these. It's going to be probably like the size of this one here. Shout out to Action Bronson though. Mm-hmm. Plus it's going to be a, a bigger one? Yeah, it's going to be one like this size. Nice. So it'll be this size. Um, so I'm working on that right now. I'm working on a beat tape as well to go along with it. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. I'm rocking this shirt, Dexter Fizz. Mm-hmm. You know, this is actually from his album. He just dropped uh, an album uh, last month called I Died Here uh, with a Japanese producer by the name of Bugseed who's like legendary underground and stuff like that. So shout out to them. Um, yeah, that's about it, man. Um, just working on the book, working on the beat tape. Um, might get some new raps from me here and there. I'm not really too pressured to do anything as far as vocally right now. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.